0: Hope everybody is enjoying their weekend. Ryan Talbot, Matt Perino here with you, the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Next week, Top Friendly Markets is back in your life, but for one more day, it is the official sponsor of, of Shout is still Value Home Centers. Don't get too emotional about it. Value's not going anywhere. They're still going to be a big part of the Shout uh, Football Podcast. Uh, head over to Value Home Centers dot com right now you could shop online you could go and uh peruse the warehouse if you will they'll they'll ship anything that you want to your local store you can go pick it up or ship it right to you all right the pads went on today ryan talbot it was a really exciting day you could feel the energy out uh here at saint john fisher university and the pads go on and the tempers kind of flare a little bit and we saw that at the end of the practice josh allen uh, got a little bit of a bump from uh, Jordan Phillips, who was kind of coming into the hole. He reacted, turnaround. around. Uh, I saw that the video was kind of making its rounds on oh, social yeah. media. And so I think most people have seen it by now. It was a, a, a me shot up into the face mask of Jordan Phillips. And then it was a huge melee. And we talked to Mitch Morse afterwards. And he was like, we just needed to get Josh Allen out of that mix as fast as possible. But he did say, listen, this is camp. This is pads. People have been waiting for this. They're not sleeping well. This, this tends to happen.
1: Yeah, a little brouhaha at Bill's camp on, you know, the first day in pads. And we, we were talking about it yesterday, man. Emotions were already kind of running high at that point, a little pushing, shoving. It, it was a matter of time. And usually it's not the quarterback that gets these first, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a fight, but interactions going. And, but that's exactly what happened. It was toward the end of practice. Uh, he was running. It seemed like uh, maybe Phillips made contact with the shoulder And Allen did not like that whatsoever. So that kind of initiated the whole spark of the sequence. And like you said, emotions kind of running high. It, It tends to happen.
0: You know, and that's kind of what you want to see. That's basically what Mitch was alluding to is like at this time of the year, you want to start seeing the competitive, you know, fiery stuff coming out of those kinds of players. And, you know, the one thing about having a quarterback like Josh Allen, and even though you want to protect him at all costs, you do want to have him react in certain ways, right? Like getting ramped up for the season. And that's kind of what happened, but it was funny to watch. Like, as you see Stefan Diggs and, and Gabriel Davis come flying over onto the pile. I mean, that's their guy. So they're ready to fight. And there's a, I don't know, like looking at Phillips after practice, he looked a little bit like still a little bit like what just happened almost in a lot of ways. I think, uh, you don't know, too often uh, Mitch Moore said after practice, it's, It's been few and far between if he's ever seen a quarterback start one of those training camp fights. Uh, But it was something at the end of a practice. There's a lot that we're going to get into here. It was something that, you know, people react to. But I think in the end, looking back at it, I've seen much more chaotic um, melees where there's been punches thrown and these kinds of things. This thing diffused itself pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, it ended uh, almost before it started. Like you said, there was some pushing and shoving, but that was about it. And, you know, Mitch Morris, he said it. He said it just right. You want to get your guy out of there. You know, when, when you have Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, though, jumping into the pile, those aren't guys you want in there either. Those are also <laughs> some pretty valuable uh, pieces to of this offense. So it, I'm glad that nothing, it, it didn't escalate to the point of punches or anything too serious. It got broken up pretty quickly. Uh, you'll probably see a few more scuffles here, Bills fans, between now and, and the start of the preseason. It just tends to happen when football gets more competitive, Matt.
0: You know, uh, we have a ton to get into. Head over to Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. Right now, there are, I don't know, I think 11 or 12 observations from today's practice. We went, took a deep dive. Ryan gave us a couple. I put a couple in there as well. You can read more about the uh, the dust up, I'm calling it. I don't know. I, I don't even know if it was a fight. It was two guys pushing each other and then a bunch of people just kind of, moving people around. So let's get into the football here. Where do you want to start in terms of what we saw out there today?
1: Yeah. Let's start with two reserve players. Let's start with Tyrell Dodson and then Nick McLeod. You and I each had something to say about both of them today. Let's start with Dodson.
0: Yeah. So Dodson, I've been kind of waiting for the pads to come on because you could kind of take a closer look at the linebacker position. And there were two plays in particular from Tyrell Dodson that really stood out for me today. And the first one was an interception. You know, anytime a linebacker, you know, makes a big play on the ball, you know, you want to write about it. You want to talk about it. And that's what he did. And Dotson's like sneaky quick, right? Like he's almost like he's big enough to where he falls into that linebacker um, grouping, but he's, he's quick enough to where he feels a lot like a hybrid type of guy. He could play multiple positions. They could put him at the mic. They could put him in on the weak side. I even think like, you know, with some of those tight ends, he can really, and I'll talk about that in a second, he can really hold his own in coverage. And on this play was a really heads up play. I think it was Tim settle that got his hand up and, and tipped it. And then it was Dotson who kind of came diving in to make the make the play. This is something that, you know, that's a big development on a couple of fronts. Number one, he's stepping in, I think, Dotson at this point, at this juncture anyway, is that number one depth option behind Edmonds and Milano. We'll see. I mean, Terrell Bernard, who we're going to talk about here in a moment, um, maybe he can kind of win that job. But right now it looks like Dotson's kind of position poised to be that. And Andre Smith's going to be out for the first six games. I mean, this is a guy they're going to rely upon, not only on the defensive side, but you know, on special teams too.
1: Yeah, well said. And, and listen, you mentioned it. Bernard has a shot, but Dodson's playing really good football. I, mm-hmm. I feel like when Dodson got into the lineup last year, he was playing some good football when, when uh, he had to get out there and get started. So uh, I really like the fact that he's picking up from where he's left off. The, the Bills like players that have been in this system. Uh, they like players that can kind of, step right in and show that they know this system, they know the ins and the outs, they can contribute to make plays. And that's something that Dodson did today. Heads up interception. He's shown up when he's been given opportunities before. Uh, I think it was actually after the Bernard pick, maybe that he had that little uh, tweet that went out that kind of like noted or something like that, this offseason. season. So, you know, he, he self-motivates. he, He's always kind of has that chip on his shoulder. So I really do think that Tyrell Dotson uh, has a chance to step in and and be a contributor as that uh, third linebacker this season and be a key contributor on special teams as well, Matt.
0: So Nick McLeod was really making a mark today in, in, in several portions of yeah. practice, the team drills. He did some dot stuff in the individual. But McLeod, you, you wrote about him a little bit. I'd like to talk about a specific play as well. What did you think of his day?
1: Yeah, you know, first and foremost, they do these individual one-on-one drills. and And one of them specifically is very heavy in terms of favoring the wide receivers uh, you're in that one-on-one coverage you're, you're making your move you're getting open to get the ball and he was stuck like glue on Tavon Austin mm-hmm. uh, forced an incompletion great coverage and, and I made a note of that right away when I noticed it and then you get into some of the 11 on 11 he records an interception Matt Barkley uh, threw a pick to him he took it down the sidelines uh, really strong day and and listen you know McLeod is someone that is battling for one of those final cornerback spots he can contribute on special teams he can play cornerback he can play safety the more you can do for this coaching staff mm-hmm. the better your odds are of making this squad now I'm not going to sit here and say he's a roster lock by any uh, by any means but I <laughs> really, uh- <laughs>
0: It was there. Ah, I was ready to jump on it. Any stretch of the imagination was this close. By any means.
1: But uh, I do like the (laughs) fact that he's making plays. He's had a strong spring. He's had some plays this summer. Uh, So he's putting himself on the coaching staff's radar.
0: Yes. Very much so on the radar. Um, And you know who ratcheted it up today uh, out on the practice field? I want to give a little love to Elijah Griffin. Uh, We talked a lot about uh, McLeod. The interception was really nice. But he was just kind of in the right place at the right time. I thought it was Griffin's coverage on the play working against Tanner Gentry that really allowed that play to happen. And, you know, looking at some of these guys, like there hasn't been a lot of like splash plays by Griffin throughout uh, training camp so far. But one of the reasons is when you're playing cornerback and your name's not called and you're not noticed a lot, usually that means you're either playing really good coverage or quarterbacks aren't thrown to your side of the field. And so I think the less you hear sometimes from a guy like Griffin, that could be a good thing and something that, listen, they loved what they got out of him on the practice squad last year. They brought him back this year. You know, this could be a situation where it's going to be tough to make this roster right at the end. But a lot of this is auditioning for that potential next role. Like Griffin's a guy to keep an eye on, like to a next stop. Last year it was McLeod. If McLeod ends up making the roster, if they really like him, Griffin could very likely go somewhere else and maybe – Uh, Catch on somewhere, maybe find a role for himself.
1: Yeah, that's very possible. Being one of the first players signed to the practice squad could be very possible for Elijah Griffin. The Bills have a lot of really good young cornerbacks, Matt. And I, I, you know, that kind of speaks to their scouting department. It speaks to uh, everything they do because a lot of these guys were late picks, were undrafted free agents in the case of McLeod and Elijah Griffin. So, Uh, this coaching staff knows how to develop these young players and it's a testament to uh, the players as well for learning the playbook learning the ins and outs getting better from year one to year two Jordan Poyer in this offseason was praising McLeod specifically saying you know I I came back and I was impressed from the gains and and the same goes for Griffin so uh, it's going to be really hard at, at the end of the day when the Bills are trimming this roster down to 53 to get all of these younger players on but They might be waiting in the wings on the practice squad and they might get an opportunity at some point this year.
0: Um, Let's go through the injury list because there's some people that weren't there uh, practicing today. Um, Spencer Brown, is he's practicing. His jerseys on, his helmet's on. He's not taking part in teamwork. Sean McDermott gave an update on him today. He had that, uh, I guess, a a back procedure done in the offseason and he's working his way slowly uh, back from that. And they tried to ramp it up early in camp. He did participate in team drills at the start. Then it was... A no-go. They they backed him all the way off. And you know, McDermott said today it's just taking a little bit longer. And they want to be careful with that. Whenever you're talking about a back issue with a six-eight offensive yeah. lineman, that's something that you don't want to push too quickly. So he wasn't out there in his place with the first team, David Questenberry, uh lined in there at right tackle. Ryan Bates didn't practice again today. I thought Cody Ford, let's stop right here for a second. I thought Cody Ford was really good in team drills and in one-on-ones today. I think this is a guy that quietly has just been really solid whenever he's been out there and I think this was another day where I, I zeroed in on him on a couple times. It was hard. You know, he was going up uh you know I, th- I noticed a couple matchups between him and Settle, him and Phillips. Dequan Jones was back at practice yeah. today. So a couple with that. And I thought he he held up pretty well, had a couple really nice reps and one-on-ones.
1: And that's exactly what we want to see, Matt. You want to see someone who can step into this lineup and you're gonna have some confidence that they can uh contribute without there being a significant fall off. And and I, I agree with you. I think Ford had a really nice practice today. Uh, You and I were each commenting yesterday on the offensive line that they had some struggles yesterday. Ford himself today, really strong practice, really strong day. uh, Helped the quarterbacks be able to have the time to scan the field and make plays. Opened up some run lanes as well when when, uh, necessary. So good day for Ford.
0: Devin Singletary, we'll talk about him in a moment. His best run of the day. He came on a a run right through a a block opened Mm -hmm. up by Cody Ford. So, you know, and that's that Aaron Cromer effect you're going to be looking for in these preseason games. Like this is a guy that came in was supposed to be a really good run blocking tackle. Now he's inside in the interior. Can he maybe be a piece in what they want to do on the interior? I know Ryan Bates has the, you know, the probably has, I'd be predicting him to win that job, Mm -hmm. but The longer he's out, that availability is your best uh, uh, ability. Oh, yeah. We're in a situation where we're looking at that. Morse was in the only supposed starter that played today. Then at left guard, it was Greg Mance again in for Roger Saffold, who's still dealing with on the NFI list, dealing with the rib injury. And then at left tackle, uh, no Deion Dawkins. He he was out for uh, personal reasons again today and actually got a little bit of an update from Mitch Morris, who said he doesn't really know what's going on, but he said everybody on the team is praying for him. And and he asked that everybody kind of start praying for Dion. So I don't know what's going on there, uh, but he missed a second straight day today. And that was Tommy Doyle in there at left tackle for him. And I I wrote about it in the column. I wanted to give a shout out to Doyle because we were kind of rough on him yesterday. Rightfully so. You're going up against Von Miller. I don't think it was really tons better today, but it was a situation where, I thought he had a couple reps, one in particular, where he held up and at least stopped Miller from getting in and, and causing chaos. And I think in, a, in Doyle's situation, that's a plus rep for him.
1: Yeah, anytime you can get a plus rep for a young player like that, that's good. Uh, but the one good thing about this team with, with the backups being in that uh, Mitch Morse pointed out, Matt, He said that the second team offensive line has over, uh, you know, 100 or 200 games experience in the NFL. So that goes back to the Brandon Bean effect. I feel like every offseason he adds veterans that have a lot of experience. Now, experience does not mean great starters, but it means someone that could come in for a few plays, that could come in for a game or two, that could contribute in training camp, and uh, hopefully, you know, give your offense a chance to make plays. And that's what we saw today. There's a lot of backups in right now. Uh, but a lot of those backups did a nice job. So the experience factor, that's kind of coming up, coming up for this team. But for a young player like Tommy Doyle, anytime you can get a win, especially against someone like Von Miller, and even if it's just one rep, that's something you go back and you notice. Mm-hmm. Speaking
0: of noticing, I noticed uh, Micah Hyde uh, out at yeah. practice today walking around. I was really actually surprised with how well he was walking around. I thought it was going to be a pretty heavy limp. For at least a couple of days, you know, he was walking around, kind of stretching it out today, did not practice, but he was out there kind of supporting. I saw him actually talking with Josh Allen after practice, you know, probably talking yeah. about that uh, incident with Phyllis a little bit like what the heck just happened. And so, um, yeah, uh, Micah Hyde also didn't pre- practice Tredavious White. Again, more rehabilitation. They're really kind of working off to the side with him, uh, but no real timetable yet. Sean McDermott didn't want to provide one today. I got some Groot news for you. We'll get into Greg Russo in a, in, in a few minutes. I want to talk about that thing at the end of the podcast yesterday. There was oh. a uh, card going around Twitter in like a, like a almost like a form of a quote that uh, Tyree Kill said. Uh, he said it, it said he said something about the bill secondary, and it was completely fake. I don't know why people do that, actually, because yeah. what happens is for a fan base like, The Bills fans, anything like that is going to catch like wildfire, right? And, you know, a lot of times people don't check the source of stuff. And that's why at the time I said, I want to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about it until I verify it. And I went back, I looked it up. Obviously, it wasn't true, so I'm glad we didn't really dive into it too much. But, you know, let's not do that. Let's not do the fake stuff. Right. We got enough fake news out here. We don't need more of it.
1: Yeah. Before hitting that retweet button on social media, check to see if you can find the quote on any kind of verified sites or anything like that, because it's very easy in this day and age for people to make those graphic cards. People are getting more and more technology savvy. Uh, So it passed off. It is looking realistic, but the quote itself was not.
0: So stock up, stock down. We have two definitive ones from today stock up. Why don't you start there? Tommy Sweeney.
1: Yeah. Tommy Sweeney, you know, we noticed him yesterday too, Maddie. He he made some plays in practice. Uh, He made one catch today along the sidelines that had Rob Boris fired up, slapping the helmet after the play, uh, the old, you know, pumping the fist a little bit. He was thrilled for Sweeney. Sweeney has made some plays the last few days. He's been a solid contributor. Mm -hmm. Every time the ball goes his way, he's hauling it in um i really have been impressed with him because we we talked a little bit about you know where he was when he first started out on this team and what we thought the ceiling could be uh, we didn't we haven't really seen much from him in the last you know last year or anything like that but i think he's having a really sneaky training camp so far in terms of man this guy could be a contributor maybe he's going to take that tight end number three spot where on my first 53 man roster projection i didn't have a third tight end i had Reggie Gilliam is the fullback slash hybrid tight end for number three. Uh, but he's making his case, man. I, I really am coming away impressed with him as a pass catcher. And I already know that he's a pretty solid blocker.
0: Yeah. And I think what's happening here is like, listen, I think they guaranteed over 3 million to Howard. Like mm-hmm. I think he's going to be on the final roster. But if you want to talk about like ebbs and flows of like the, the stock report, we are way stocked down. I know Jay Howard right now. There were two plays in particular you wrote about him. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. But the one that really stuck out to me was, you know, the, the thing that people talk about when it comes to Howard is his athleticism for his size. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the injuries that he's now under, you know, he had to deal with over the course of his career, if they're not starting to really rear their head in terms of, you know, some real like um, n- losses in terms of the athleticism. Like he's, he looks like a different, player than the guy that came into the league. And I think it's only fair. I mean, he's dealt with a lot of like ankle, knee, um, leg injuries. And after that happens over so, so much time, I, I just think you start to look like a different player. The one in particular was, you know, a nice, nice play. Bang, bang, got a little separation. So the speed element was there. And then Allen kind of just, I think he's used to throwing a Dawson Knox who could jump out of right. the gym and he put one up there for him. And it was almost like there was just no lift for Howard. And he kind of jumped up there and it was like in no man's land and the ball goes over his head and you're kind of sitting there like, is he going to be able to be a factor in this offense? And listen, I'm not writing him off by any stretch. Like he's still kind of getting up to speed on the playbook there. There's that element to all of this. You know, he's probably going to feel a lot more sure of himself by the midway point of the season. But I'm just thinking of, if you can't trust the guy, if you're, this is the part of the year where you're building that trust. What are the opportunities going to be there for you in this offense? That was one of the plays where I was just like, eh.
1: Yeah, that play, he, he got himself open. So, you know, kudos to him for that. But Allen put a very catchable ball in his vicinity, and there was no lift in his jump. It just kind of went over his hands. He fell back. Didn't even come close to hauling it in uh it's worrisome matt because like you said they they invested a little bit in him and it was not a significant contract for oj howard but it was enough to make you think okay they want him to be this tight end too they want to maybe run out some different personnel this year maybe he'll be a contributor we haven't seen it yet today in training camp where Mm -hmm. i can't say with confidence that this guy is going to be a a factor for this offense someone that's going to be a difference maker uh and, and that's you know that's disappointing today, but like you said, we can't write him off yet. There's still plenty of time for him to turn things around. Maybe when uh, you get to the live games, the preseason games, he's going to step up and make him himself known as someone that could be a factor. But right now I'm not seeing it
0: for the, for those that want a little hope for it working and there's plenty of time to make it work. So I don't want to, this is not hyperbolic. It's just bringing you a couple plays today where it just wasn't good. One of the other ones being a Tyrell Dotson coverage rep, where I wrote about that in the story mm-hmm. too. He just locked in on OJ Howard, went with him blow for blow, uh, broke up a pass at the, at the very end. And he was just, it was a really nice rep for Dotson. But one of the things that Josh Allen's always talked about is not only getting on the same page with his receivers and his pass catchers, but understanding what they like and how they tick that's offense does a really good job with that, or at least they did under Brian Dable. And I think that's probably going to be something that, you know, uh, transcends with uh, Ken does Ken Dorsey as well, but figuring out, okay, what do I like? How do I work best? And then Allen doing his best to put guys in position to be successful.
1: Yeah, that's just it. So it comes with time. It comes with reps, uh, and hopefully in, in the case of OJ Howard, the more that he gets out there, the more comfortably he gets. And who knows? Maybe he's even dealing with some soreness that some of these players are right now. But he's out there. Uh, give us some time. Don't write it off just yet. I, I think maybe by, you know, by the time we start getting meaningful games in. Maybe he'll be able to step up and, and contribute to this offense.
0: Who do you see McLeod putting the most pressure on? Sorry, I'm going back a little bit, but I'm seeing uh, some comments in the and I just want to hit it before I forget. Because like you mentioned, like he's he plays cornerback, they're testing him out a little bit at safety. Does he put the most pressure on like Cam Lewis if that's gonna be in the cards? Or does he put the most pressure on like a DeMar Hamlin? Because I feel like Hamlin, a draft pick. Like, probably a lot more far along. I mean, he's running out there with the ones, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when when Micah Hyde's been out. Today, I thought it was probably a little bit more Hamlin than it was Johnson with the first team. We could talk about that as well. But if McLeod just absolutely blows up and has himself a great preseason and the Bills feel like they have to keep him, Who does he put the pressure on the most in terms of a
1: roster? Yeah, and those two players, I think it's definitely Cam Lewis. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for the reason you mentioned as well, Hamlin was out there a lot today with the ones. He played really well yesterday. He played pretty well today out there.
0: Johnson's out of this conversation because he's a special teams ace. Right.
1: Absolutely. And you're going to keep four probably true natural safeties. Uh, because even though we've seen McLeod play a little bit there, maybe that was just because of the, the situation at that time in camp where Poyer wasn't there yet. Um, or maybe they just want to test the versatility, the athleticism. You want to have four true natural safeties, in my opinion. So yeah, in, in this scenario, it's Cam Lewis. It could be a different special teams player though, as well. Um, but right now, based on the choices you gave I would go Cam Lewis. Where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go to another linebacker, someone that you wrote about today because you said we'd come back to him, mm. Terrell Bernard, Matt.
0: Yeah, I'm really – we should have probably hit this earlier in the show. So one of the things I wrote about, and we've talked about in on the show, is so Bernard is going to be one of these guys that you can rely on. He's a multifaceted linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he's really going to be really good in coverage, you think. Like that's how he projects. He's somebody that – um instinctive plays instinctive plays fast which is something they like but part of that is his ability to read um his blitzing lanes and be a factor in the backfield against quarterbacks we saw that flash for the first time in pads like when you see something like that it jumps out at you something that like stood out on the, the scouting reports and then you see it actually on the field so it was a uh it was a call linebacker blitz it was immediately bernard you know, was kind of assessing on the line, the ball was snapped and he like shot out of a cannon and it just so happened that he found a beautiful lane behind Brandon Bryant who was pushing his blocker up in the middle of his face, like way back into the back. I think it might've been Van Roten Capra. I can't remember who it was, but great, great bull rush from, um, Bryant on the front end and Bernard, just like he looked like a bendy defensive end coming around the side and immediately him and, and Bryant just collapsed the pocket and, and were able to kind of bring uh, Keenum down for a sack. It was a beautiful play. It was what it's the upside of Bernard. And by all accounts, when we talked to Matthew Smiley yesterday, he was talking to Bernard. This is a guy that I'm going to be really glued on here over the next week. And then obviously when the game starts.
1: Yeah. And it goes back to what Leslie, Leslie Frazier recently said about him as well. Um, some players, you know, the instincts are just there immediately. And, and he was praising the instincts of Bernard in terms of he, he knows what he wants to do on a given play and He just does it. There's no hesitation mm-hmm. there. Uh, and, and plays like that, it, it just kind of shows it. It shows that okay, this guy gets it. He knows what his assignment is. He knows what he's supposed to do. As soon as he sees that lane for him to come through, he's going to take it, and he's not going to wait on it. And, and sure enough, yeah, he shot out of the out of a cannon, as you said, and made a big play here on the first day in pads.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you all just shoot out of a cannon right now and uh, go sign up for uh, Value Home Centers' Best Rewards Loyalty Program? Customers can earn points every day for purchases that will bring you more savings. Veteran and active military earn double points on every purchase every day. I mean, if you're not part of best rewards yet, I don't know what you're
1: doing. Got to get on that, Bills fans. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.
0: What is up, everybody? This is Matt Prino from Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast, here to talk to you about Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you could turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks. You could turn $10 into $1,000 with NBA, NHL, and college basketball entries today on Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today and use the code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100.
1: Where do you want to go to next? I'm going to go to some young pass rushers because we know how dominant Von Miller has been. We, we know how great Ed Oliver has been on this defensive line. But if they can get one other player to step up opposite Von Miller, uh, this defensive line could be really scary. And two players that stood out to me today were Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa. Uh, Boogie Basham, this play he was in the backfield so fast that he had a loop around the quarterback and to make sure he didn't hit him. And, and I mean, he, it would have been a honest to goodness, immediate sack. Uh, he blew by Luke Tenuda on the play. It's what you want to see from a second year defensive end going against a rookie, but really impressive pass rush move was there in the blink of an eye. AJ Epineza. We've talked about him a few days now. Uh, another really good play. He was going one-on-one against Bobby Hart. Someone who, again, we've mentioned numerous times on this show. Advantageous the, matchup. The advantageous matchup. Although I will
0: say Bobby Hart was, was really good in
1: one-on-ones today. So I'll okay. give him a little so bit of So there you love. go. A little bit of love for Bobby Hart. Uh, Epineza gets by him. He gets into the backfield. Matt Barkley was in at quarterback, gets the hand on the ball and causes an incompletion really close to causing a fumble on that play. So, both of them made made their mark for this defense, Matt. So Uh, A little bit of your thoughts on them. And then you also mentioned a Groot update, so you might as well go there too.
0: So I want to start with Boogie because I was really uh, locked in on him during one-on-ones. And I thought, like, you're really seeing the speed. It looks different. Like, he looks – obviously, he trimmed down. He he added muscle. He he looks like he's in in just completely better shape and better, like, equipped to succeed on the edge. All the work with Von Miller probably over this Mm offseason just so far has probably benefited him. But it seems like there's just more to his game just in terms of, like, his options as he's rushing. And, you know, he's gone up against a couple veteran linemen. You know, there's a lot of linemen right, out right now, so it was probably the advantage defensive line today in the one-on-ones. You know, you probably expect that. But um, I think Greg Rousseau has just been really solid. And where I've noticed the biggest jump for him, especially today with the pads on, his hand work. Mm. Like, last year, like, I-, I think that that's where he potentially could be the most dangerous this year is his ability to get offensive linemen off balance with just his like slap movements and like the, the, the handwork that he I think he spent probably a lot of time working on. I'm excited to talk to him about it at some point over the next week or so. But he just looks like he's displacing blockers more. So I just think that, you know, he's he's fast. He's big he had, he showed some moves last year but i think if if the hands start really working with that added bulk that he's had from this offseason you know he could be you know he take that jump
1: yeah that's just it he, listen he has the ideal size that you want in a pass rusher so now he's added the muscle onto the frame so if he can create that separation right off the bat with his hands then he can use his athleticism and that speed to get to the quarterback or to push the quarterback up in the pocket where Ed Oliver can clean up a play, or to the other side where Von Miller can clean up. Uh, this is how, how, how I'm sure Sean McDermott envisions it all in his head. Okay. We have this great player on one side and Von Miller, he's going to help these guys get sacks, make plays. But if someone young steps up on that opposite end, this defense is truly going to be scary, Matt.
0: It is, it is. And um, I think that that's like, the blueprint There's a good question in here. Uh, has he been better than Shaq? You know, Shaq is uh, he's been a little bit uh, all, all over the place. They've been sprinkling him around in different matchups. I think they know what they have in him. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we've at, at least at this point, I can't see Shaq having a role higher than any of those three because of what I think they mean to their long term. They got to get an idea of who these guys are. So early on in the season, my expectation is it's going to be those three kind of like rotating around Miller and Shaq. If he gets a Jersey on game days, is going to be probably on the lower end of the snap count, but who knows? They know what they have in the guy. And if if, I think it's, I think Shaq's here more, first of all, you don't want to put a little bit too much on his plate. He's dealt with some serious injuries over the last couple of years. So maybe you try to keep him fresh for that stretch run in case one of these young guys goes down. Also, I just think you want to get as many reps for Boogie Groot and uh, AJ Epinesa as you can. And Epinesa is earning them right now.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, And when it comes to Shaq Lawson, when he gets his number called, it might be against some of these teams that are going to run the ball more. The Bills do face a lot of teams that are going to probably try to challenge them running the ball. We know that Shaq Lawson is really good against the run. Uh, It just might be a situational scenario, too, because early in the season, you want to get pass rushers out there against the Rams, against this Dolphins team. And I know the Dolphins added a lot of the running back position. But when you add Tyree Hill, you already have Jalen Waddle. You have Mike Gusecki. They're going to be trying to throw the ball a little bit as well. You have the Chiefs in the schedule, the Green Bay Packers. So you're going to want your, your pass rushers, your young guys out there for those games. But when you go against teams like the Browns, I think they could try to run the ball a lot, uh, depending on the quarterback scenario there. Uh, and the Titans, a lot of these other teams, the Titans come early this year. You're going to want Lawson out there to, to kind of maybe play a few snaps, stop the run, do what he's done really well over the course of his career.
0: What's going on in the comments here, Ryan?
1: Oh, the punt competition. We, we did have a little bit of a punting competition. I'm punt it
0: over there. to you because you, you got some thoughts.
1: Yeah, listen, both Matt Ariza and, and Matt Hawk uh, were on display today. They each had five punts. Both of them had, I, I would say, four relatively good punts. One that they would each like to have back where the hang time wasn't there, where they just weren't a a good kick in general. Uh, Best hang time of the day went to Ariza. He had one punt that went over five seconds in terms of hang time. uh, Booming leg. But to Hawks' credit, he had one that was 4.95. He had one that went over 60 yards. Both punters are kicking the ball really well right now. I would say advantage Ariza today. It was very close, however, Matt.
0: Very close. I think that... The one thing that you you can notice is, first of all, like when when Matt Hawk really gets a a, a really good high punt, the hang time is there, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's really impressive. But the problem is, the hang time's great, but sometimes you gotta you gotta flip the field. And I think if if Ariza can, can continue to work on his hang time and just even add like a tenth or two tenths of a second, that's going to be the difference. just because of the length of the field, like that right. he punts the ball. I mean, he had one that I think was around four six that we measured today. That was just a like an absolute skyball. So uh, I think we're not going to really have a great idea of what this looks like until we get into the games, because you know, they they have high tech stuff. They have, they have field cameras. They're putting it behind the kickers when they're holding, when they're kicking. But when we get to the games, like how, how do the coverage teams handle that? And, um how do they respond uh, it's gonna be a fun little storyline to track when we get into camp
1: yeah and, and if all things are considered close i'm gonna give the advantage to Ariza uh for the for the spot on this roster because right now we're, we're talking summertime here at saint john fisher university but you gotta be ready for the wind you gotta be ready for the ele- right. elements and you know last year Hawk struggled in some of those games where the elements were not ideal and you know that doesn't mean that things aren't going to change if he gets the opportunity but i would like to think Ariza with that leg that booming power he can kick into those elements the wind the snowstorms things like that and the bills will be better off for it field position wise on the
0: linebackers I, I noticed a couple of people talking about that uh, I see a comment from Jeffrey over on YouTube I'll take uh, Dotson over Bernard I don't think you have to make that call I think those no. both guys are both ended up being on the yes. on the final 53 along with um, I think Andre Smith probably makes it and then I don't know if you're suspended if you go on a specific list in the regular season. i have to look that up in the in the rules. But I, I think they probably go in with six, Medikevich, Smith, uh, Dotson, Bernard, Milano, and Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And I think that they they kind of move from there. And I think that they're gonna probably want Smith for special teams anyway. And I think Bernard can do multiple things. And I think it's Dotson's that third linebacker to start and then bernard has time to develop and figure out if it ends up working
1: yeah i agree with the way you have those ranked right now as well um you know andre smith although he'll he'll be suspended for the first six games he was high up there on the special teams list so the bills aren't just going to move on from him for no reason uh so unless one of these younger linebackers really steps up in the preseason and shows what they can do I, i think that He'll be on part of, you know, he'll be on that roster on that uh, reserve suspended list, whatever that is. And then after six weeks, you're going to bring him back because he has been a valuable contributor, Matt.
0: Yes, he, he has. Next Friday already, the the blue and red scrimmage game. Can you believe it? we're moving like right along? We have four days of camp next week. Then you're going to be there, right? right.
1: Yep, I'll be there on Friday for a return of the blue and red, and then I'll be back here on Sunday, man. You will be back here on Sunday.
0: I will not be here at the start of the day. I'm going to be off that day. It's my son's last uh, travel baseball for the yeah. year, so I'll be out there uh, coaching uh, the last day and tournament play is as long as you win, you keep going. So if we lose the first game, I'm probably just going to pick up, go have an ice cream with the team hit the road and we'll do a, a podcast here that night because I got to be back Monday right. uh, for, for training camp. So we'll see how it all works out. Um, we're, we're throwing around some ideas for maybe a guest host for next Sunday from here, from camp that could sit right in this lovely chair next to Ryan Talbot. Uh, if you have any gr- great ideas, let us know. But yeah, we're, we'll, we're, we're throwing around. We have some, some fun uh, folks on the beat. Where else do we go before we get out of here? Well,
1: how about you just said throwing it around? Let's talk a little wide receivers. I think there are two. Yeah. See that I, smooth transition. <laughs>
0: What you trying to take my oh, job,
1: yeah. Talbot? So, first of all, let's two reserves that I think deserve a shout-out. Uh, one, it would be Speedy, Marquez Stevenson. I thought that he was really solid again today. Matt made he a lot been, of catches. He wouldn't
0: have been the first one I mentioned, but okay. Right, no,
1: but Isaiah Hodgins. You yes. had him in, in the observations. I thought he had a nice day as well. Made some catches, made some plays there uh, for this team. And then in terms of the starters, Gabriel Davis, solid as is, is always. And then uh, Isaiah McKenzie.
0: Isaiah McKenzie, man, he's he's number three. Dude, I don't want to go the receiver three. I don't want to get too outlandish with this because it's training camp. And right. I feel like there's always these overreactions. But I mean, you've been out here for two days now. It's hard not to just say he looks different. Like mm-hmm. he looks the way that he carries himself around the facility. Maybe we all just got used to the jokester McKenzie. Right. And so when he said, Hey, I'm the face of the franchise, we all kind of just like, you know, it's just Isaiah being a little dirty. It's funny. I'm starting to think that this dude has always just thought of himself that way. And we're just kind of all catching up every time he's gotten an opportunity. He has been absolutely electric and that's all he's been at training camp. And he was today. I thought he made the best play, the highlight real play of the, get, of the day from the receiver position.
1: Yeah. Uh, scored a touchdown that play. And he had a really, another really good catch across the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie tackles him, pushes him a little bit after the play, but McKenzie just anytime that his number is dialed up, Matt, he's catching the ball. He's getting those yards. He's making plays in the end zone. He's doing everything that you would want a slot receiver to do. So we've come a long way from, is this guy going to make the roster because he's a gadget guy. He can help on special teams. It's put his name in Sharpie because he's making this roster hundred percent, but he's also going to be a big part of this offense. In my opinion,
0: Isaiah Hodgins. So, I've been waiting for this day, the pads to go on to just see what it looks like, because we were talking about it. I really do think that Hodgins offers a different flavor that nobody else in this room offers. Now, listen, it's going to take absolutely blowing the doors off for, for the Bills to be able to keep him. I really do think that because right now, you know, as crazy as this sounds, let me, let me put, let me workshop this with you because yeah. we were already talking about the Jameson Crowder stuff a couple of days ago, right? Say we live in a world where he doesn't make the roster, right? Could Isaiah Hodgins come for that role? Because look at a lot of the work that he did. Look at the the one big catch that he had today. I thought his best play of the game came against working against Saran Neal, who, listen, you know, as a cornerback, I don't think anybody's going to say he's an all-pro or anything like that or even a pro bowler, but he's a guy that's been in this league. He's tough. He's physical. He's been dueling with Stephon Diggs all week. In a one-on-one matchup against Hodgins today, it didn't matter what Neal did. He actually had a really good rep, but it was a good throw Hodgins uses his body to block him off. He makes the cat catch. It showed really soft hands. That's the upside of Hodgins. And I think that there's, if you put, let's do this. When, when, when Crowder comes back next weekend, when you're here, hopefully he's here for the scrimmage game. I want to watch in, in work in warmups when they're doing the footwork drills, watch Hodgins versus Jameson Crowder. I don't know. I, I, I don't see a huge difference in terms of the athleticism and Hodgins is a much bigger dude. I know this is like hot take, but it's like come is. out to a, come out to a practice and watch. It. I've seen now James and Crowder throughout minicamp OTAs. There's, there's, there's definitely, I don't want to put them in the same category in terms of route running. Right. James and Crowder is a nuanced route runner. That's been in the league a long time. The problem is he can't stay healthy. Now, you could probably dang Hodgins for that a little bit as well. He's, you know, throughout camps the last two years, he's, he's had a couple of injuries as well. But I think there's a laundry list with Crowder. And if you want to get young and if you believe in McKenzie as much as I think that they're going to believe in him, it's just an intriguing thing to talk about and think about. It's intriguing. I'm not there yet. So by the way, I'm not there yet either. Okay. That's why I said let's workshop this and talk it out. It doesn't have to be these like bold hot takes. I just want to start I just want to start visualizing, okay, what is his path, his best path to the Mm -hmm. roster. To me, that might be it. I don't see another scenario where he beats out a Jake Kumaro because I think he does different things. I don't think he can beat out Um, a Khalil Shakir. Mm -hmm. So I I just I'm trying to find a path for him. And that to me would be the only like viable one. And I don't think it's very viable at this stage.
1: Right. And, you know, maybe the path is they carry seven receivers. They don't usually do that. They don't usually go heavy at the position. Uh, That might be a path. But the one thing I've said about receivers like Hodgins and Marquez Stevenson, for that matter, is you need to build on your days. It's great when they show up and they make plays and they catch everything that comes their way. And on uh, the case of Stevenson, he's haul, you know hauls in on special teams, doesn't muff anything. That's great. But can you do that two days in a row, three days in a row? Can you put something together where you have you show your coaches, listen, I need to be on this roster. I need to take that last spot that number fifty three spot. Not there yet, but it was a good day for Hodgins. it's It was a good day for him to show what he can do to use that body to use that frame but he needs to stay healthy and he needs to build upon this. He needs to show up at the return of the blue and the red. He needs to show up this upcoming week before that. Uh, And in the preseason games too, because preseason games are where those last few spots are won, because that's the live game action. It's one thing to do it against your teammates that you see day in, day out, but you need to do it against an opposing team. You need to do it when, when you know that, okay, all these other spots are locked up. I need to show up and play.
0: Also, this isn't happening against Taron Johnson. So you know, that's a little bit of a horse of a different color, if you will, because that dude is that, that dude is verge on the verge of maybe all all pro, yeah. like type of status this year. At least Pro Bowl. There was one rep in one-on-ones against Isaiah McKenzie where Terrence Johnson had great coverage. McKenzie kind of broke out to the left, got past him a little bit, then did like a little slide and caught the ball down that just out of the reach of Terrence Johnson. It was just beautiful. It was just one of those plays where McKenzie's having him, he's in his bag, this camp. He is yeah. He's absolutely must-see. I want to throw it back to the Josh Allen thing earlier from practice for a moment, Um, and then maybe we hit on the running backs and get out of here. Sure. I think one of the reasons that maybe Allen was so fired up was like there's been two occasions now the last couple days where he's gotten hit from the defensive lineman uh, at Oliver one that kind of came in low, and probably those kinds of things were in his mind. I'm wondering if that may have been what set him off today when he
1: reacted to Phillips. That or because Summer Slimes tonight, Matt. WWE, maybe he's just fired up for that... (laughs) Fired up for that. No, in all seriousness, yes, you, you have, <laughs> you have had Oliver making contact low on him. Uh, you have something happen here today with Jordan Phillips. You're in a red non-contact Jersey for a reason. This is the face the true face of the franchise. The guy that you don't want being hit, getting injured, have anything happen to him. Uh, and it's happened two days in a row now. So I I'm sure Josh Allen does not like that. That's happening now because he's someone that you want completely healthy, obviously going into these preseason games where I don't think he's going to play very much, Matt, uh, but getting ready for the regular season. So yeah, these are your teammates and yes, UFC is tonight too. Stat card, Something I'm really looking forward to as well. So uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, he just doesn't, doesn't like the fact that this has happened on two consecutive days. Uh,
0: Cole. Uh, that's my man, dude. Um, He said Perino would have kicked him off the screen. So this is the next best thing. That was what I was doing. So he picked it up. That's a super fan right there. He's really in the weeds on the shop. Buffalo football podcast. I appreciate that. Who, you know, you got two days of watching practice. Who stood out the most to you? As a running back, running back
1: position. Mm -hmm. You know, I would probably go with Devin Singletary. I, I think that he's picking up where he left off late last year. Uh, where he was a force for this offense, where he was good running the ball, good catching the ball. He talked about training this offseason with James Cook. And even though they have different skill sets, he said, you know, we can learn from each other. And I, and we saw him get a little bit involved in the passing game at the end of last year. I think that's something that he's putting an emphasis on here. But he's running the ball, too. And, he, and he's looking really good in doing so, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
0: Devin Singletary had a great uh, practice today. I think, you know, in pads, he was at home. He looked the most... He, he, to me, was the most deliberate with the ball in his hands, like running in between the tackles, uh, which I would expect him to be. I mean, he's had the most success out of that group. I, I, I want to see a little bit more of Zach Moss. It, it wasn't a ton today. Uh, so I, I don't want to like dock him too many points, but James Cook did have a little bit of a flub. I think at one point uh, Josh Allen yeah. turned around to give him a, uh, like either a pitch or a handoff and cook Buzzle was better. running the, the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he kind of like had his head down and maybe didn't know the play. They ran it back again. So not a great uh, moment for cook, but there's going to be times like that. There's going to be times like that for veterans too. Like that is not just a a rookie thing. Uh, he had a, another play cook did down the, down the right sideline where it looked like, Allen was trying to find him and they just couldn't make a connection. A couple of miscommunication plays today with the pads on. You're going to see that as well. But yeah, I thought Devin Singletary looked great.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I will say to Zach Moss's credit, from what I've seen from him in, in short moments and, and things, he does look different from last year. He looks like he's not worried about the ankle, uh, which was something that was hampering him last year. So I, I'm seeing him run with a little more confidence, play with more confidence. And, and that's an encouraging sign as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, I see some comments in here from Michael Hill over on YouTube, uh, going back and forth with somebody that says no path to the roster for Isaiah Hodgins. I'm pretty sure it might not have been Michael, but it, I'm pretty sure somebody was saying the same thing about Jake Kumerel this time last year. Yeah. So I think like sometimes we get into, and this is not a shout out to Michael. I mean, have your takes. It's, we love them, bring them. But you got to be careful with like, there's no chance or definitive. When it comes to this, because we don't know what's happening in those rooms and what's happening, like injuries happen. Jake Kumaro hasn't been on the field, so I don't see that path being through Kumaro. But if he can't play, maybe that ends up being the way that you get on the roster. And this guy's been on the roster for a while now, uh, Isaiah Hodgins. So they have a good idea of who he is. There still seems he's a draft pick, so it's not surprising that he still is. But he's been cut a couple of times, brought back. Uh, been on the practice squad. So, you know, he's just another guy to remember and and watch over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. You said it best though, Matt, we don't know what they're emphasizing in in the film Mm -hmm. room when they go back and they watch these practices. Uh, There could be something that we're all missing that Sean McDermott is saying, Hey, listen, look at what he did on this play. Look what he did here. He's going to be a really good blocker for the run game. All those things factor into the final decisions when, when all is said and done, because, There's always one or two players that kind of uh, surprise us. There was a linebacker a few years ago, and I am blanking on his name, uh, that made this. Julian Stanford. No, he made the roster, and then he was injured shortly thereafter. Oh, uh, Delshawn Phillips. Delshawn Phillips, thank you. And I'll be the first person to say I didn't have him on any of my 53-man roster projections. I didn't see a path for him, and yet there was something that he was doing that the coaching staff really liked mm-hmm. and he originally made that 53 man roster. So you can't ever rule someone example. out. Great example. I'm glad you could come up with that name because I was blanking on it. Yeah.
0: We're the, we're the tag team,
1: right? That's right. The SummerSlam
0: thing, notwithstanding, this was a great show.
1: <laughs> well you said tag team. So see you're back to it. Yeah. No, no.
0: I'm 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 I liked it. Good job. It was great to have you here, man. Yeah, it was great to be here. Um, whenever we get to link up, do shows together, be in person, work as, as, as a tag team, it's always uh, the most fun that I have out here. So it was great to see you. Thank you so much to everybody. Before you leave, smash that like button, subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate you. Make sure you go uh, subscribe on the audio platform, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Next week we will debut our uh, exciting new series. I'm going to uh, film a bunch of those next week, and I'm probably going to release the first one around Wednesday. We'll see. Uh, I got to figure out a schedule for that, uh, and work it in with a a couple of the reporters that I'm planning to do this with. But in the meantime, if you haven't yet, and I, and I know you all have by some point this summer, text value V-A-L-U to eight zero six nine two. Uh, you'll join value home centers, text program. You receive a $10 off $40 purchase coupon. You'll be the first to know about new promotions, deals, and new products. Ryan Talbot, send us out of here, buddy.
1: Hey, Bills Mafia, keep it locked in here. We will be back next week. Live shows every day. We'll be at the stadium on Friday. And then, like Matt said, I'll be here on Sunday. We'll get some observations up. And one way or another, we will get a show up that day as well.
0: Beautiful. For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino signing off from St. John Fisher University. We'll be right back here on Monday. Take care, everybody.
1: Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.